0: Romans chapter 8, and Galatians chapter (coughs) 4, Romans chapter 8, and Galatians chapter 4. I know this kind of becomes redundant for you guys who are here. Every week. But, uh, for those who watch over Facebook or listen to sermon audio, sometimes they don't listen week by week by week. And they just kind of cherry pick things to listen to. So I try to, uh, reiterate a few things. Uh, recapitulate would be the 50 cent word. You want a nice, nice, uh, big word to show off how smart you are, you can say re- recapitulate. Um, the reason I go back and I go over some of the same things every week, especially why we're doing what we're doing or what what verse we're in and uh, going a little recap of what we talked about the week before is, like I said, some people just cherry-pick through the messages and just like jump in at number two or number three or number four of a series. And so they don't hear maybe what I said the weeks before that. And uh, so sometimes i got to reiterate why we're here, because we are in, if they're at Sermon Audio, they're seeing that this is in the series of Galatians. We're in our exposition of Galatians, but we've been spending several weeks in Romans. And the reason for that is in verse 9 that we're in currently, it says, but now after that ye, Galatians chapter 4, verse 9 that is, but now, after that ye have known God, or rather are mm. known of God, in other words, now that you have been converted, that you are a child of grace, that you are, of course, they didn't become a child of grace at this time. They were a child of grace before the foundation of the world. However, he says, uh, How turn ye again to the weak and beggarly elements, whereunto ye desire again to be in bondage. So, Paul here is dealing with the fact that these Galatians have listened to the Judaizers who have come in and bewitched them with this ear-tickling message of you gotta keep the law to be right with God. And that appeals to the flesh of man because we like to do things and be rewarded for it, right? Uh, we like to be rewarded for it. I got kids here that worked at Dairy Queen. Whenever they do certain tasks, they get stars beside their name, and sometimes they get uh, uh, nominated as employees of the month. They get rewarded for doing good things, and so they do good things. Why? So I get that star up there so I can be chosen as the uh, um, uh, employee of the month or whatever. So we like to be rewarded, Okay. That's just our human nature. We like to be rewarded. And we like to we like to have uh, a little pride tickled. You know, I can be proud. Hey, I, I did this, you know, all on my own and, and everything. Well the the preaching of the law, that's where it stings us, that's where it gets us, is it entices us that this is holy. This is God's holy word. This is God's uh this is God's uh a law that he has commanded for us to do, and then what happens is, is the flesh comes in and thinks that in self-righteousness, it can keep that law, it can obey the law, and thus attain a righteousness of its own, instead of, which it cannot do, look away from itself. See, the flesh cannot look away from itself. It can't look to anything but itself. Uh, you, I don't know if you kids remember when Pops was alive, uh, he used to say this a lot whenever he preached, and I've since used it also in my preaching. The flesh, uh, wants, uh, will do anything. Your flesh will do anything, even be religious just to get its way. The flesh just wants its way. It wants, it, it, it wants to be in charge. It wants to get the accolades. It wants to be, uh, quote, self-righteous. It wants to be the righteous one, to have all the glory given to it. And so thus, the flesh will do anything to get its way, even act religious. It will do all the religious things. It will follow all the religious rules that it can try to follow, okay? It will do all these things, and there will be an outward form of morality or an outward show of morality, uh, not an accomplishment of it, or an outward show of obedience. You know, we can refrain ourselves. You know, people can stop drinking uh, to drunkenness. They can stop uh, taking drugs into to psychoticness you know uh, you know into being out of their mind and things like that and there is uh, people that can you know quit cheating on their spouse they can you know quit being greedy and be gen- start being generous to people uh, they can you know people can have these moral outward changes but never be a child of grace. so that's never what happens in the outward man and the fleshly man, can't ever be our uh, uh, point of, of, of uh, assurance that we are Christ or that we are obeying the gospel, because the faith that is given to us in Christ Jesus doesn't look to the outward. Matter of fact, the Bible says that that uh, that faith is a, is the evidence of things unseen. Okay, that these are things that are not seen. It's not things that we do outwardly and show outwardly. It's those things that is worked in us by the Holy Spirit inwardly that are the works of God that were ordained for us to walk in. Uh, it is those things that, that are, uh, uh, that are given for us and that faith that looks to Christ alone and away from self. And so Paul here is telling these believers, you know, you, 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 you're you're uh, Christians, you're your, uh, your children of, of Christ. You are uh, born from above, and with that the gospel was brought to you and you received that gospel, and now because these guys has come and tickled your ears and in sense has emboldened the flesh or has given fuel to the flesh to think it can keep a righteousness before God, now you're beginning to listen to that and you've been bewitched by that, and you're, you've turned away from the gospel and you're turning to a false gospel. You're listening to false teachers. These aren't servants of Christ. Okay, they're the servants of the devil. And so you're listening to them and you're not listening to Christ. And so now, you who were free from the law, because you've been married to Christ, the law, when Christ died, we read that, remember last week, that, uh, by the body of Christ, Uh, that we are dead to the law, okay? So the law has died, and we're no longer uh, married to the law. We're now married to Christ. We're married to him. And so he's our husband, and so now we're looking back and trying to go back to (coughs) another husband. That's why Paul is saying, why do you again want to go back to the weak and beggarly elements, whereunto you desire to be in bondage? And so we've been asking the question: Why, Paul, do you call God's holy law being in bondage? That doesn't sound right. Being, being under God's law. And I mentioned it to you last week. A, a, a lady had uh, called me a heretic because I preached that we are not under the law as a rule of life. Um, and she called me a heretic for that. And I won't, I won't mention her name, but. Uh She's all over Facebook calling out heretics of, of all kinds. Most of them aren't heretics, but some of them are Uh But anyway, I'm sure her intentions are good, but she just kind of way off on some things. Anyway, uh she was calling me a heretic, and as I mentioned last week, the Bible actually says for those... I mean, she specifically said that she believes that we are under the law as a rule of life. And the Bible says for those <clears> who want to be under the law that they are under a curse. And um, and so we see that's why Paul is telling them, hey, if you want to go back and be under the law for your rule of life, then you're going back under a curse. You're going back into bondage. You're going back and becoming an adulteress because you've been married to Christ if you're Christ's child. And so that's why we've been looking back into Romans 6 and 7 and now into 8. We've been looking at what Paul has been preaching about the law and what the purpose of the law is, and what the law actually does for the child of grace, and what uh, what it is, and how we should, you know, how should we interact with the law, or what our mind thoughts should be about the law, uh, and uh, see what God says about it, um, and why Paul is so adamant about preaching to these people about it's very dangerous for you to preach... People to be under the law for a rule of life or to follow the law as a rule of life, it's dangerous for that because the law was not meant for that. That was what the law was not meant to do. Uh, if I go out and I want to, you know, um, work on my car and everything, I'm not going to take a jackhammer and go out and work on my car. That jackhammer was not meant to work on a car, okay? Okay. What am I going to do? I'm going to either hurt myself or I'm going to damage the car. When we preach the law, we're either going to hurt the listener or damage the listener or ourselves for trying to follow that, okay? All it can bring is cursing. So we've seen a lot of things, and I won't go back. If you are listening, you can go back and listen to all the different things that we've already talked about. But today, the point that I want us to bring up is in Romans chapter 8, and if you look there with me, We're going to be looking at the first few verses. In Romans chapter 8. And one of the reasons Paul is is uh, warning the Galatians about listening and following after the Judaizers or those who preach law for life, law for acceptance, law for maintaining salvation, law for righteousness, is because the law... In and of itself, in our because of our flesh, is weak. And we'll see that here. Look at verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Brethren, whenever we walk by the law, we are walking by the flesh. It's keeping outward things. That's what the law is intended for, is outward appearance. It's to keep outward things. And if we walk by the flesh, those outward things, it's not gonna please God. The Bible says the flesh cannot please God. Okay? The, 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 uh, the body of flesh that we have, it cannot do anything or produce anything that is a spiritual nature that is pleasing to God. Therefore, anyone who walks after the flesh, after the works of the flesh, the things that the flesh can do, if you walk after that, uh, you, uh, uh, you're not walking in the spirit, okay? To work in the spirit or to walk after the spirit is to walk after the gospel. Not the law, but the gospel. We walk after the gospel, which the gospel tells us that salvation was already finished for us, front to back, first to last, all of it, complete. Every bit of salvation is finished in what Christ Jesus has done. And so to walk in the Spirit is to walk by what the, 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 uh, law of the Gospel says. The law of the Gospel says to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. To look to Him as your righteousness. It doesn't say to keep the law for righteousness and say, thank you Jesus for dying for me. Now I'm going to take up the law and try to keep it so that you'll be pleased with me. Jesus did everything for you and all the, all the law, or excuse me, all the gospel tells us to do is look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, the one who give us, uh, eternal life, the one who took all of our sin, the one who took all the wrath of God, the one who was, uh, uh, who lived, who died and was buried and was resurrected on the third day. That is your salvation, nothing else. No condition that you have to meet. No law that you have to keep is your salvation. Christ was your salvation. And so what the gospel tells us is that we are to believe upon the Lord Jesus for our salvation. To believe upon Him. Not to get saved. We don't believe to get saved. We believe because we have been saved. And the gospel is telling us look to Jesus. Look to Jesus. Just trust in Jesus. And that's how we walk. So we walk... Trusting that Jesus is our salvation, not our law-keeping, not our doing good, not our being a righteous person in our flesh, okay? So there's no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. That's a condition, (coughs) not a condition, that's, that's a statement of fact. Those who are uh, have no condemnation to them are the children of God. And the children of God are those who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. They are walking in obedience to the law of the gospel, not the, not the uh, law of Moses. Okay? Now look at verse 2. <clears throat> For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. So the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. Okay? The law of Moses brings sin and death. There would be no sin if there was no law. The sin is the transgression of the law. So there would be no sin if there wasn't any law. There would be no imputation of sin if there was no law that was to be broken. Okay? So, the law of sin and death, sin and death came in by transgression. Transgression. Breaking the law is what brought sin and death in for Adam. Okay? Therefore, every one of us, when we break the law of God, we now are worthy of sin and death. Now, we were that because of our flesh, because of our nature, because of our inherited nature in Adam. Okay? But, brethren... We are uh, uh, worthy of sin and death. That's the wages of sin, is death. And sin is the transgression of the law. So for the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin. So if you're a child of grace, you are no longer under the law of sin, which says that you must die, and you're no longer under death that says when it's all over that you're going to be eternally separated from God. We are not going to experience that. Okay? That's why it's such a beautiful thing to know there's no condemnation. There is no uh, payment of sin and death uh, for us. Look at verse 3 though. Why? For what the law could not do. Now, I don't know about you guys, but that is very <laughs> simple to me. I'm a very simple-minded person, okay? I'm not, I'm not a genius. I'm not a theologian. I'm not even a great preacher. But that seems very simple to me, as far as I can understand it. That says that the law could not do something. The law couldn't do something. So let's find out what could the law not do. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, okay, so the law doesn't work because of our flesh, right? That's why the law doesn't work. The law can't make us whatever it's going to tell us here. It's not going to be able to do that because our flesh is weak for what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh, but brethren, take note, in the likeness of sinful flesh, not in the sameness of sinful flesh. Jesus could not sin. He is immutable. Jesus didn't just hold out and was strong-willed and therefore You know, just, he he could have sinned, but he didn't, because he loved us too much. No, Jesus loved us, that's true. And Jesus cannot sin, but it isn't because he chose not to, it's he cannot sin. And the reason he cannot sin is because he is God. The Bible says that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He changes not, because he is God, he is the Fullness of the Godhead dwelling in Him bodily. And the Bible says that that God is immutable, that He does not change. So there's no way that Jesus could have ever sinned or become a sinner. Okay? He couldn't have sinned. But He came in the likeness of sinful flesh. He came in a body of flesh and blood, but that flesh and blood that He had could not sin. There was no guile found in Him, the Bible says. Okay? He was perfect. But it says, God sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh. So God condemned the sin that was ours in the flesh. That's why there is therefore now no condemnation to those in Christ Jesus. Because Christ Jesus condemned sin in His flesh. That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us. So see, there's what the the law could not do. The law could not make us righteous and that the law be fulfilled in our flesh. The law could not, I mean, the flesh could not do that. It was weak because the flesh is enabled, not able, incapable of keeping the law of God. That's why it's weak. That's why it's not meant to make you righteous. That's why Paul's so emphatic in our passage in Galatians 4, 9, of saying, why go back to this be, uh, meager and, and beggarly element and put yourself under bondage? You are. If you do that, you're under bondage. You will never be free if that's what, the life that you want to live. If you want to walk by the law as your rule of life, then you are never free ever, ever going to be freed from it. You're never going to attain it. Therefore, the results of breaking the law is death. You're cursed. I hope you, brethren, are seeing this. I hope you're understanding the implications of this. The law is not bad. The law is not a bad thing. It is holy and righteous. It is the very thing that God has given to us and But the purpose of it, God gave, the reason why God gave it, is not so that you could attain it and be holy. God gave that perfect law as a standard to show you this is the standard. This is you, and you don't measure up to the standard. You need a Savior. You need someone to substitute for you Because you, no matter how hard you try, no matter how long you try, you can't do it. That's why the law is not good for preaching to people to live this way, live under this way. Because all that does is enjoin us to bondage. But it says here, What the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, condemn sin in the flesh that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not, here's that phrase again who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit see the righteousness of the law has already been fulfilled in us by the work of Christ Jesus in his body condemning sin in the flesh that's already been done so everything that the law requires or says for you to live Christ did it for you Everything that the law demands of you, Christ did for you on your behalf. And therefore, when you're looking to him alone, trusting him alone, then that righteousness that he obtained for you is being your law, is being your walking in righteousness. That is how you walk in righteousness, is by looking to Christ alone, by trusting him. Not you walking in law-keeping me not doing this, not doing this, not doing this, doing this, doing this, doing this. That's not walking in righteousness. That's walking in death. Because every time we try to walk in that in the flesh, it's nothing. The flesh profits nothing. You're doing it in vain because it is not pleasing to God. The only thing that's pleasing to God is Christ's walk of flesh. Everything that's pleasing to God is Christ fulfilling the law. Christ's death on the cross Christ's resurrection that's the only thing that pleased God on your behalf look at verse 5 for they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh but they that are after the spirit the things of the spirit to be carnally minded is death to walk in the flesh to walk after law keeping is walking in the flesh and to walk in the flesh is carnal; is to be carnally minded, not spiritually minded. So you're walking in the flesh, not after the spirit. And to walk in carnal mindedness is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. That word enmity is almost the same word as enemy. Okay? Enmity. It means that it... it, it it is against, opposed to God. The carnal mind is opposed to God, for it is. Listen what it says here: the carnal mind is not subject to the law of God. Neither indeed can be. So look, at, look, and I want you to pay close attention here, brethren. He uses two different phrases: for it is not subject to the law of God; neither can it be. That speaks of two things. That speaks of your will, your desire to be, and it also speaks of your ability to be. Your desire to be obedient to the law of God and your ability to obey the law of God. The carnal mind is opposed against God, I don't care how many people say, well, what about all these people out here running and going to church every Sunday? There's millions of people in church today and they're giving their money to the uh, missionaries and they're giving their money to the poor and they're, you know, <clears throat> they're doing all these things. They're teaching little children in Sunday school and, you know, they're having revival courses and they got praise bands and they're all singing up with their hands in the air and they're dancing and they're, you know, they're hooting and hollering and some churches they're flopping on the ground and rolling around and all this kind of stuff we've seen some stuff on YouTube the other day there's even some that are handling snakes and drinking poison and all that kind of stuff listen to be carnally minded is death but to be spiritually minded is life and peace because the carnal mind is opposed against God you might think you are being zealous for God just like Paul he was zealous for God in everything that he was doing, but whenever the Spirit of God revealed unto him truth and gave him knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ and of the gospel and the truth of what God's Word and opened up his mind to understand the things of the Word of God, Paul then said, Man, all that religious activity that I was doing in the name of God was dumb. It was poop. It wasn't worth anything. It did not, none of it pleased God. None of it was anything that was righteous building. To be carnally minded is death. Because the carnal mind is opposed against God. For it is not subject to the law of God. It will not stay subject to the law of God. It might try to in certain instances. Like I said, some people will quit being drunk. But it cannot be subject to the law, which the law is the whole of God's law, not some part of it. You're not, you're not good in your law keeping just because you're keeping a majority of it. The Bible says you gotta keep it all or you're keeping none. It's either all or none. You're either keeping all the law perfectly or none of the law. And I know you're not keeping the law perfectly because right here, the Bible tells me something about you. The Bible tells me that you are not subject to the law of God or indeed can be subject to the law of God. You cannot be subject to the law of God because you are just flesh. The only thing that can be subject to the law of God is Christ Jesus. His spirit that is put in you is perfect and holy and cannot sin But you, in your flesh, that's all you can do, is sin. That's why Paul is telling them in Galatians 4 9, if you go back under this, you're going back under bondage. You're going back under something that you'll never get out of. You're going back into something that you can't accomplish. You're going back into something that you think you're going to be able to, to do, but you cannot. These guys are telling you you can do this. But you can't. God's word says you can't. God's word says that that carnal, fleshly mind cannot be subject, uh, will not be subject to God's law, or it, or indeed it cannot be subject, or can be subject to God's law. So then, they that are in the flesh—look at verse eight. I've been saying this over and over again. So then, they that are in the flesh cannot please God. <clears throat> It says, but ye are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so be... That doesn't mean that the flesh doesn't still exist. It still exists. It means it doesn't mean that you're walking. You're not walking in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Now, any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. So, if you don't have the spirit of Christ in you, you're not Christ. But if Christ's spirit is in you, that you're his... And you'll walk in the Spirit, meaning that you will walk according to the Gospel. Paul is telling us, hey, the the person who is a child of grace will walk after the flesh, or not walk after the flesh, but after the Spirit. They will walk trusting in Christ alone and not looking to their own law-keeping for a rule of life. And you are claiming to be children of God, therefore, if the Spirit of God is in you, you're going to walk after the flesh. He's telling us how how a Christian works. How a Christian, maybe that's the wrong word to use. How a Christian is to be, what they are, how they function. Just like I've used the illustration before. I have a, uh, in my line of work, I uh, work on extra equipment. And I have manuals. Whenever I open that manual, that tells me how that machine is supposed to act. That machine doesn't read that manual and say, oh, well, I better act like that so that I can be the X-ray machine. No, it's the X-ray machine because it was made the X-ray machine, and it functions like an X-ray machine, and when all the parts and components are doing the way the X-ray machine is supposed to work, it's the X-ray machine, right? And all that manual is telling me is how that thing is to function. And whenever that thing is not functioning right, that manual tells me, the reason that that thing's not functioning right is because this right here. Well, this is what Paul is kind of telling us. He's telling us, listen, the way that the child of grace functions is because of the Spirit being in him. He walks by the Spirit. He doesn't walk by the flesh. He isn't looking to his outward walk and obedience to the law for righteousness. He is looking to Christ for his righteousness. He is looking to the Spirit of God to be the one who controls him from within, who moves him to love and joy and peace and long-suffering, to love the law of God in the inner man, to love the law of God in our minds, even though our flesh is obeying the law of sin. Okay, He's saying those who are the children of grace, they walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit of God. If Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, But the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of Him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, He that raised up Christ from the dead also shall also quicken your mortal bodies by His Spirit that dwelleth in you. (coughs) Now that's getting into some stuff that's talking about at the end of time. But it says, Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. For if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. And the Spirit itself bear witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Now, the reason I went to this link to get to here in Romans The reason we've spent these last several weeks building this body of doctrine that Paul has been teaching about the law and what we've been going through in Galatians. Why is he telling the Galatians that the law is bad? That the law is something you shouldn't follow? That the law is not your schoolmaster anymore? That that those who preach this type (laughs) of stuff is cursed? Why is Paul going to that? Because there's a body of doctrine that Paul has taught here in Romans That teaches us that the law was intended for a different purpose and that it can't do some things and that the reality of things in the Christian is that they do not live as a rule of life by the law but by walking in the Spirit, trusting in Christ alone. And it says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. That's a statement of fact. But here he is. He said in in verse 9, chapter 4, he said, If you go to the law, you're going back to bondage. And here he says, for ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. See, whenever they go back to the law, they're going to the law in fear. The Judaizers tell them, you, you better go, you better keep the law of Moses to stay saved or to get saved, either one, however it was, because they preached both. But to, specifically to the Galatians who had already professed Christ, it was you gotta keep the law of Moses to stay saved. If you don't keep that, you're going to lose your salvation or God's going to be unhappy with you or you're going to lose your fellowship with God. Listen, brethren, I've heard that preached in churches my whole entire life. In churches that, that preach that we ought to keep the law, that there is a, uh, a walk of righteousness that we got to do, that we've got to do these things before God to keep right with God or to keep our fellowship with God. Listen, Whenever you preach it that way, that is preaching fear. I'm feared that I'm going to lose my fellowship with God if I don't keep the law enough. If I don't do it good enough. Or if I don't do it, you know, long enough. You know? I'm going to have fear that I'm not going to be saved. I'm not going to be continued to be saved. See, that's living in fear. The child of grace doesn't have to live in that kind of fear anymore. Because they have come to be taught by the Spirit that Christ took all their sins and paid for them and that all their sins are paid and that their righteousness has been imputed to them that Christ is their righteousness. Not their works, but Christ is their righteousness. And so they don't have to worry about keeping the law for righteousness before God because God is not counting that fleshly righteousness that cannot be done. He's counting Christ's righteousness that was accomplished. Okay? So, we're not given a spirit of bondage. So Paul is basically telling them, there's something off about this, Galatians. Now, I'm assuming you are brothers in Christ, that you're brethren. He called them brethren. You know, he called them, uh, brothers in Christ. He's still assuming that they're the children of God, that they've been born from above. But he's saying, listen, something's weird here, because a child of grace, someone who has been born from above, Someone who has been given the Spirit and is walking in the Spirit, they don't bondage themselves again to the law. They don't look to the law for righteousness. They look to Christ because the Spirit that's teaching them is teaching them Christ alone. The Spirit that's in them is telling them it was already done. The Spirit that's in them is telling that righteousness has already been imputed to your account. And that you are to walk and, and trust in Christ alone. That's what the Spirit's telling you. And if you're walking in the Spirit, that's what the Spirit's telling you. And you listen to the Spirit. My, 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 my sheep hear my voice and they follow me. Another's voice they will not hear. But these Galatians was listening to another's voice and they were starting to wander off again. And Paul saying, "Wait, well, hey, listen, wait a minute, wait a minute. That's not the gospel that was preached to you. The gospel is not you and your righteousness by your flesh. It's Christ and His righteousness. And why are you looking away? If you continue in that path, you're going to be in bondage and in, 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 in essence you're going to be cursed and, and be in death. That, that sin is going to bring forth death. That's all it can bring forth is sin. Trying to keep the law is only going to bring forth sin in your life, and that is death. But he says, For we have not received the spirit of bondage and fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Christ, <clears throat> God has adopted us, even though we're still in this flesh, He has adopted this fleshly body because of the vessel that's in it, because of the, or the treasure that's in it. The treasure that's in it is His child. This flesh is just mortal and is going to die But he has a body that is waiting for us, for that person that's in us to be united to. So we have been adopted, sin and all, we've been adopted of God. And we cry, Abba, Father. We don't cry, Moses, Moses. We cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself witnesses with our spirit that we are the children of God. What is that going to do? Whenever we uh, desire to do right in our heart, like Paul it's in, as a matter of fact, it's in, the, it's in the chapter right before this. Whenever Paul says, I know that in me that is in my flesh was no good things, for the will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. When he says, "For uh, <clears throat> I find that in the law that whenever I do good, evil is present with me, that I desire in the law of God after the inward man, but I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members, oh wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this body of death? <clears throat> but what does this thing here say? It says that the Spirit is given to us, uh, We receive the Spirit of Joshua whereby we cry, Abba Father, and the Spirit beareth witness that we are the children of God. So what does Paul do whenever he gets into that place where the Spirit and the flesh are warring against each other, and he feels the weight of his wretchedness, but the Spirit of God that is in him, what does it say? It says, Jesus Christ has served the law of God for you. So therefore I will serve the law of God with my mind but with the flesh, the law of sin. And there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who walk that way. Who walk looking unto Jesus. Who walk looking to Christ by in faith that He is their righteousness. There is no condemnation for them. And he said, that's who I'm looking to. That's what he says here in verse 16 of chapter 8. <clears throat> the Spirit bear witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. It says, Yes, you have sin. Yes, you're breaking sin. Yes, you are going to wander to some degree. You're going to wander off the path and do your thing and 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 sin, but you're never going to go away. You're He's never going to let you go away. He restrains us. He keeps us. He preserves us. The Holy Spirit has sealed us until the day of redemption. Uh until the day of Christ Jesus. He sealed us, meaning that He is He is preserving us. That's what, whenever my wife cooks food, she'll anything that's left over, she'll put it in a ziploc bag and close it up, get all the air out of it, close it up and put it in the refrigerator. What's she doing? She's preserving that food so it doesn't go bad. So it doesn't spoil, so it doesn't rot, so it doesn't, you know, become unedible again. Okay? That's what we talk about whenever the Bible says that we have been sealed with the Spirit of God. The the Spirit of God seals us or preserves us until the day of Christ. It keeps us from losing faith. It keeps us looking to Jesus. Are there going to be moments whenever the flesh is going to come, like Paul said, and take him captive in his members? Yeah, there are going to be times when he's going to war against your mind. But the Spirit of God is there crying out, You're a child of God. Look unto Jesus. Look unto Jesus. That's why we preach the gospel, is to continue to remind the child of grace and to encourage the child of grace that that gospel is for them, that good news is theirs, that Jesus took their sin. And so the law is weak in that it cannot, it cannot produce righteousness. So Jesus coming in the flesh, in the likeness of sinful flesh, he condemned sin in the flesh that the righteousness of God uh, might be given to us. And that that law is not ever going to give us any kind of confidence. It's never going to give us any kind of righteousness. It's never going to give us anything except curse. And so Paul is saying these things because of that. Why are you wanting to go back into the bondage of the law that can never produce of righteousness, or never give you an assurance. It's weak through your flesh. It cannot produce righteousness because your flesh cannot produce righteousness. Righteousness is done outside of you in Christ, not in you. Okay? Anybody got any questions about that? Anyone got any? I think we'll stop right there. We're going to move in to see what Paul says about things Next week, in uh, the next few chapters in the New Testament, uh, in the Corinthian letters to the Corinthians, uh, as I said, we're moving through the 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 uh, uh, epistles of Paul, uh, seeing this body of doctrine that Paul has preached and taught uh, about the law and why he's saying the things he's saying to these Galatian believers and what he's saying to us as a church and what the Spirit is saying to everybody that claims to be a child of God as it pertains to the law of God. So, if anybody doesn't have any questions or anything, I think we'll just stop there for today. We'll bow and have a word of prayer. Father, I thank you today for your grace and for your mercy. I thank you, Father, for the sunshine that you've given us, Lord, and for the temperatures coming up and the snow melting away. And, Lord, we're just so grateful that you've given us this day together in your name. We thank you for the word of God. We thank you for, uh, Christ Jesus, whose, uh, death on our behalf has fulfilled all the things that God requires of us. And as a substitute has taken, uh, not only the wrath of God, but has lived the law for us. And that his right, work of righteousness and all of that is accounted as ours. And Lord, we have that only by grace and mercy. We know that we don't deserve it, that we, like all others, are children of Adam in the flesh and are deserving of that very thing that Christ died for, that sin and that death. And, Lord, we we know that it is only by pure grace that you have done that. And the only reason that we have been given that grace is because of your sovereign will. Lord, we know that you could choose one or the other as you desire That you have made vessels of honor and vessels of dishonor. You've made vessels of of mercy and vessels of wrath. You have created the elect and the non-elect to live side by side, Lord. And we don't know who they are, but Lord, you do. And you are sovereign to choose and to do that. You are the potter. We are the clay. You're the creator and we are the creation. And Lord, we dare not look... To the heavens and shake our fists and ask why have you done this why have you done this or made me this way we don't have the right to ask that because you are God and we recognize that and so we just pray and then and ask that the spirit give us humility to not be boasting in our salvation but boast in Christ Jesus and so Father that's what we do today we look unto Jesus who is the author and the finisher of our faith who is the secure. and Uh, the accomplisher of our salvation. We thank you for the Holy Spirit who comes and reveals that salvation to us by granting us repentance and faith. We thank you, Father, that you've given us life and life eternal uh, in Christ Jesus, Lord. And we just look forward to the day that we put off this flesh and that we put on immortality and that we rule and reign with you uh, forever and ever. Lord, we just are grateful today again for all that you've done for us, and we ask you to bless this time together. In Jesus' name, amen.